Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 629 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, and it's always a great show when the Senators decide to break news right before we're recording, and they've signed free agent forward Tyler Mott to a one-year contract. And it's Wednesday, so we have a Send Central citizen, and today's guest is Frank Senators. Hey, what's great about Frank is he was a member of the blogger community that was invited to the CTC last week. He shares that experience with us and more, all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Wednesday, September 14th. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by simply just clicking the thumbs up below. And please subscribe to the Locked On Senators channel and put that notification bell on so you know when new videos go live. We are still in the midst of preseason coverage. We're dropping a division preview each member of the Locked On community who covers an Atlantic Division team will come on for a YouTube exclusive breakdown of what we're expecting from their team, their questions for us about the Sens, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for that. Pilsy, we're back. It's it's back-to-back shows for the first time in what seems like forever. Hockey season is around the corner, and safe to say the Sens Central citizens are fired up, snatching up tickets to the home opener left, right, and center. We told you people, just be patient. The link is coming. We didn't know exactly when. We tried to keep you up to date as best we could. Ross even put out the bat signal tweet saying, hey, the link's going to be here in a couple minutes. Two. Yeah, two of them. So we told you to put your tweet notifications on. We got you all ready. And Ross, I am very humbled at how quickly those tickets sold out. It was a matter of minutes. Yeah, so let's rewind the clock. In April, we had a fantastic time. Great game, too. Montreal in town, April 24th, I want to say the date was. We had the link up for two weeks? Two it weeks. was a long time. It was um, it was days, at least days, yes. And we ended up selling out all we could at the very end, but it took until the wire. That to say, that total I think was 80. We were given 100 tickets right off the bat. They said, let's see how you do. <laughs> Sold out in four minutes. So oh, the passion God. is there. Send Central Citizens. We are reloading that link. Now, the one thing is, and, and this is great for the people that listen to the show. We appreciate you. Um, 320, I think there's only a few tickets left even available at all in 319 and 320. So what we're going to do. And we're going to meet up before the game and all that. But we want to get as many citizens into the rink as possible. Yep. So they're going to give us an, another corner of the rink. So you're not going to be sitting directly with us. But that to say, I think they're going to give us rows. But everyone's a sense fan. Yeah, you'll it, be among friends. It's all good. Um, so if you are looking for tickets still, be patient. Head to the website. 
Uh, it's through our Twitter account, at Send Central. I've been talking Devin, great dude with the Senators. He's helping us out. He's hopefully going to have that reloaded by the time this is out. Hopefully, if not later today, keep checking in periodically uh, with that. But can't wait, man. It's it's almost a month away. Like yeah. we're, we're, we're coming up on a month till home opener. Boston Bruins in town. It's going to be fantastic. We got some news and notes to get to afterwards, Pilsy, with uh, Ridley Gregg, his availability for the rookie tournament this upcoming weekend. Tomorrow's show is going to be specific players to watch and why from this Sens rookie lineup. But always nice to get some news right before we record. Tyler Mott is a bottom six forward. There's no denying that. He signs a one-year, $1.35 million contract with Ottawa. What was your immediate reaction when you saw that news? My immediate reaction, and this is brutally honest, was I couldn't tell you a single thing about Tyler Mott. I mean, that's that's what I got. I didn't watch a lot of Vancouver Canucks bottom six players. Uh, I did catch him with the Rangers in the playoffs, was looking a little more closely at that. But then doing some digging, watching some highlights. This is a great guy to sign late in the season and just kind of give you some insurance with a veteran player. He's 27. He's been in the league a couple of years. He's definitely got a few uh, full seasons under his belt. And he's someone that I think is going to fit into this culture very well from the minimal amount that I've uh, researched and heard from him. Sounds like he's a bottom six energy grinder type of guy. I think DJ Smith's going to like that. And look, the top six is loaded with offensive skill talent. Can't forget about the other side of the game too, being defensive and playing physical and getting those small things done, shift in and shift out. And that's the thing I think Tyler Mott's going to do great at. So for a one-year deal, just over 1.3 mil, this is a tidy piece of business by Pierre Dorian. You know what I like to do, Pilsy, when the Sens acquire, especially a bottom six guy who I'm not really aware who they are. I go to the Twitter accounts of fans from the team they're leaving And it seems like they're pretty bummed out, Rangers fans even. And he didn't really produce offensively at all with the Rangers, but the defensive metrics are all solid. In Vancouver, he was like a cult figure. This guy is Connor Bedard's favorite player, the first overall pick from this next draft. He's a Vancouver kid. They said, who's your favorite player on the Canucks? Like, you're thinking Pedersen. You're thinking JT Miller. Brock Besser. No, it's like Tyler Mott's my favorite player on the Canucks. Like, he's just got that... Je ne sais quoi, I guess, with the fans uh, from the places he's been. So that's a good sign. He passes the vibe test. He was a part of the uh, mental health initiatives that the NHL was doing last year. I retweeted that uh, piece that Sportsnet did on them on our Twitter at Send Central. You can go check it out there. But um, the vibes are strong. The compete level is strong. He's a Senators-type player. Like yeah. He almost seems like uh, a capitalized version of Jace Howerluck. Like, not very big, but energy all the time, and then will surprise you with a little bit of offense every once in a while. Yeah, and kind of on the flip side of that, I would say it's like a downgraded Nick Paul, right? Because Nick Paul was a guy, his defensive game was very good, a big part of his game, but he had one hell of a shot. And uh, watching some Tyler Mott highlights, he's got a great wrister, uh, even saw a couple one-timers from him, and he kills penalties, which I think is going to be very crucial with Alex Formanton contract still not signed. That's a guy who killed a lot of penalties for this team. Obviously, two different players. But you need someone to fill in those minutes. Tyler Mott did a lot of that duty in Vancouver. And from the highlights I watched, he was one of those guys where he's able to block that point shot 
spring on a breakaway and beat the goalie. So, hey, you want to score breakaway goals on a penalty kill? It seems like Tyler Mott can do that in small sample size. Obviously, he's not putting up big numbers, but I think he's someone that's going to fit into this team very well. Yeah, so we've had a lot of great conversations, actually, with John Chick of Locked On Rangers. And I reached out to him on Twitter, so we'll just pull up our conversation right here. I'm sure he won't mind. I said, hey, tell me about Tyler Mott. Like, I know he was only there for a small sample size. I'll, I'll read this out for our audio listeners. I almost feel like we're on like TSN or whatever, where they put a graphic on and a voiceover, but you can see Pilsy and I uh, mixing it up in, in the corner here. Uh, Pilsy, I'll read the first one, and then you read the second bubble here. He's awesome. Plays with a ton of energy, like every shift is his last. Pressures the puck. Really good on the PK. Seems to be loved by his teammates, and it's kind of hard to explain. But even though he doesn't score very often, you always feel like he's close. At 1.35 mil, I think the only downer for you guys is that you didn't lock him up for longer. I thought he'd end up getting like two years at $2 million per season. Should I do John Chick's voice here? Is that part of the reading? Or <laughs> He's got an all-time radio voice. I love it. Uh, just kidding there. Uh, Canucks fans were really hyping you up to me when he got dealt to the Rangers at the deadline. You love to hear that. I thought he was just a so-so depth piece, but he does a lot of things, a little things, really well. That's what that's what I was talking about. And even after only a few games with the Rangers, I definitely see why Canucks fans liked him so much. I feel like we're back in grade school passing the book around class yes. reading, so I hope it did a good job there. <laughs> no, that was awesome. And, and shout out to John for getting back to us so yep. quick. Absolute beauty. Go check out Locked on Rangers. We'll be sure to have a uh, crossover with him while... Uh, well, the Rangers come to town or, or vice versa when the Sens head to the Big Apple for the first time. I mentioned all the Locked On crossovers that are coming up. If you guys like it, let us know and we'll reach out and get more than just the Atlantic Division teams. I always love it. It's the beauty of the Locked On Podcast Network, just that it's local experts covering the biggest stories on their team. Just like if you didn't know Tyler Mott very well, you might say that Ottawa was trying to add depth down the middle because for some reason on hockey reference, he's listed as a center. He took 20 face-offs last year. I would imagine most of them were on the penalty kill where he does a lot of his work, but he plays left wing primarily. He's a left shot and uh, has played some time on his off wing as well. I love what John Chick said there about how he's always close to scoring. I love that. That just means he's always going to the right areas where pucks are going to be deflected. And another point of this too, and we're not going to get into the the nitty gritty. I put in a projected lineup right just for fun on Twitter because of course Alex Formanton is, is the X factor in all this. What is going on with Alex Formanton, the Hockey Canada investigation, the RFA status? It just seems very murky right now. But not only Alex Formanton, but in your bottom six, you need more than six guys, especially with the way they play. Injuries come into effect, and you need to have depth. And I thought Jace Howerlick was this depth. This is a much better player than Jace Howerlick. This is a guy who's a bonafide NHLer. It's a one-way contract. It's over a million dollars. He's played 32 playoff games in the last two years, Pilsy, going to the Eastern Conference Final with the Rangers this year, and then in the bubble, making that run with the Vancouver Canucks. I believe he played, what, 15 games uh, in that run as well. So he's a guy who's played in big games. That can help this team going forward. And I know we say Pierre Dorian loves winners, but uh, when you look at what, what Tyler Mott brought in his college career, this guy's a bit more than a winner. This guy put up 56 points in 38 games, and Yeah, if you do some quick digging, you say, oh, Kyle Connor was on his line. That makes sense. But a pretty famous line from from Michigan, the CCM line. It was uh, Kyle Connor, JT Comfer, and Tyler Mott. So 
there was once upon a time a lot of offense in his game. I don't know if Ottawa's expecting that, but certainly it's a player who's going to bring a little more pizzazz to the bottom six. Yeah, really, I love this signing. I think it's a, it's a good kind of, you know... Low risk. Yeah, and like Jay Sourluck was a guy that he's he's going to be your 13th forward, whereas Tyler Mott is a guy that with the Formington news still hanging or hanging in the balance, we don't know what's going on. He's a guy that you can put comfortably into your lineup and you don't feel like if he plays all 82 games, that's probably fine. Like Pierre Dorian's probably kind of planning for that. So I think Tyler Mott being brought into this team, good playoff experience, like you mentioned, it's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy with the signing. To let us know what you think in the comments, Tyler Mott is an Ottawa Senator. Pillsy, you got a quick word from one of our favorite friends, and then we'll get to this week's Sen Central Citizen. I wonder how much the Tyler Mott signing is going to affect the Ottawa Senators' odds on betonline.net. Could be a needle mover, <laughs> that's for sure. But if you want to check out for sure if anything changed, you got to head to betonline.net, guys. It's the trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. All the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Betonline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And it's not just hockey, guys. Football season is here. I love getting some action in on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Basketball's around the corner. Hockey is oh so close. Baseball is close to playoffs. Golf boxing, UFC, whatever you want, they got it at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Guys, it's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, now let's get to this week's Send Central Citizen. It's Frank Senators. All right, we are now very pleased to welcome this week's Send Central Citizen. He joins us over the phone. It's Frank Senators. You know him on Twitter, at Baker. Welcome to Locked On Senators. Long time coming. How you doing, Mr. Frank? Oh, I'm pretty good. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to finally uh, get onto this podcast, so I appreciate the invite. This podcast? Are you cheating on us? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I've actually been uh, pretty pretty hard to book, as in I don't um, <laughs> I don't always like to do podcasts, so... I'm happy to be here, though. Hell yeah. Well, we like to start off every Sen Central Citizen with the same question. Open up the floor, make you feel comfortable. How did you, Mr. Finnegan, become an Ottawa Senators fan? Uh, Well, that's an interesting story. And I actually um, uh, kind of was tweeting about this the other day because um, the Sens account put out that question. But uh, back in the day, let's say, I don't know, it must have been 2002, uh, they had an initiative uh, called I'm Going To, and it was basically run by uh, by the SENS community where people would pledge money towards a you know pot and they would give tickets to you know people who wouldn't normally go to SENS games, and that could be a whole list of groups. I mean, in our case, uh, I come from you know a, a fairly big family and a single parent, and so we had never really had the chance to go to Sens game. As you kind of know, the more people you add, you have compounding costs of food, et cetera. Anyway, so we got tickets through that initiative, went to the Sens game. Very cool. I don't remember a thing about it. I'm pretty sure they lost, but um, it doesn't matter. Uh, That's a good and... intro to being a Sens fan. Just hit you with the disappointment <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah, it's only gone up. Uh, it went down <laughs> a couple times, but otherwise only gone up. And since then, yeah, I just kind of followed the team a bit in the background. I mean, uh, I, I started getting further into it um, kind of around the 16, 17 run. 
And that's when I started following enough Sens Twitter accounts that I'm like, well, I need a Sens or I need a Twitter account just for following Sens Twitter so it doesn't pollute my main account. And then after time, I started kind of throwing tweets out there and, you know, the rest is history. So what drew you to uh, the infamous Frank Senators, which is, which is a runoff of Frank Finnegan, our our beloved retired number eight uh, for the Ottawa Senators? What drew you towards using kind of his name as your alias or persona? Well, uh, the, the the old heads will know that the account used to go by Finnegan's Ghost a few yep. years ago. I don't even really know why I changed it. I think I just wanted to mix it up a bit. Um and I called it Finnegan's Ghost because, you know, at the time, Bonk's mullet reigned supreme. And uh, that whole kind of um, epithet where you kind of do, you know, a possessive of a player's trait is kind of a popular way to make a Twitter account. Um, at least it was at the time. And uh, I'm just like, I was really into the history of the Sens and the, the historic team and kind of their legacy. And then I've always found the number eight being retired to be kind of novel and things like that. And so I thought it'd be kind of funny to have, you know, uh, a Twitter account that's like recalling a player that no one's really seen play. So Finnegan's ghost seemed kind of funny to me. Not a lot of tape on Frank Finnegan. That is not a lot of tape. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. His advanced stats are a bit buried for sure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. And then, uh, and then over time, I just switched to Frank Senators. I guess I I wanted it to be a, a name rather than a kind of possessive thing. So that's kind of how I went about that. And I just think Frank Senators is funny as if like that's a name that you're introducing yourself as. Um, as you are now. I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of the, the lore of that for sure. Nice. It beats mine. My first Sens account was at Shabbat Shalom. So uh, <laughs> I think you, you got me beat there, no doubt. One. <laughs> no, no. We, I think we did in a postcast, Pilsy. Didn't we go back and like look at what my most recent tweets? It was like 2016. Neither here nor there. But we appreciate not only the account, but I love that story. I've been trying to pull it up um, as as you've been talking. I can't quite find it. But didn't you find like the the paper clipping type thing? Was that you or somebody else added that in? That was me. I was just trying to find a little more background on it because – you know, it's one of those things where you remember it in your head pretty clearly. And then I'm like, was that real? Like, did I make that up? And so I found some clippings and it seems like it might've only ran the 2002 season. Um, but yeah, you see uh, in the newspaper clippings that, um, you know, ads asking people to contribute to the funds and stuff like that. So um, it was kind of a, a neat initiative, just given that it was, you know, advertised and sponsored by the community, right? It wasn't necessarily... Um, just talking to the organization, it was like, you know, average fans like me who would, uh, you know, put some money forward to creating new sense fans, which apparently it did. So, so when you were uh 2002, you went to your first game, you start becoming a fan right after. I mean, we usually mm-hmm. like to eliminate Daniel Alfredson as an option, it just seems like the easy choice. But maybe give me a couple of the, the players that you really gravitated towards when you became a sense fan. So, and this is just another random part of lore, I guess, on me, but um, uh, my uncle's a pretty big hockey card collector. And so anytime he got dupes of like random cards, he would just give us all the cards that he didn't want. So I'd get into players that like weren't even relevant or impressive sense players, but just like they look cool on the card. And that was good enough for me, right? So 
Um, uh, I mean, I, I always like Hosa and Havlat, I guess. Like those were those were big names. But um, I feel like I'm trying to think of some of the obscure guys. Um, I feel like you're right around like Curtis Lecician territory right here <laughs> at this exactly. stage of the game. <laughs> yeah, that's like, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> what I was thinking of, and I just want to—I pulled up his DB just to make sure he actually played for the Sands. And I'm not a total moron, but Sammy Salo. Hell nice. yes! I remember yep. being like Sammy Salo is the guy, and you know. Um, in 02 when I would have seen him, you know, four goals in 66 games wasn't exactly a, a legend. But anyways, that's the impact of hockey cards, I guess. Man, the the next year though, they they got rid of him. Was that was that full on heartbreak for you? <laughs> yeah, it took some years <laughs> off being a fan after that. I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when you're trading him in for Peter Schaefer, who had six goals in 75 games the next year, you're like, Upgrade. wait, that guy plays forward. i think that's cool too with the hockey cards that's something that like the newer generation of fans like ross probably the same for you like when i was growing up like to find info about guys you looked at their hockey cards like hockey db wasn't around it wasn't a thing so if you wanted to know hey how did martin havlat do three seasons ago you better hope you had his hockey card kind of thing. So I think that's a cool part of like hockey history. That's kind of gone by the wayside with the internet, obviously, but hockey cards was like, yeah, this guy I've never heard of Sammy Sallow. He looks sweet on his hockey card and I can check out his stats and read like a paragraph about his last season. And that's what I'm going off. That's my guy now. So I think that's a cool part of uh, being a fan back in the day. Oh, for sure. And, you know, a funny novelty that's just kind of anecdotal to that is, um, you know, coming from a family that generally didn't follow hockey that well and just having a bunch of random old hockey cards. Like, you know, I'd have cards from like the Hartford Whalers and I'd be like, nice. wow, I, I want to see a Hartford Whalers game against the Sens and it would never come because they're gone <laughs> or a Thrashers game. Or Why aren't they on the schedule? Thrashers Damn. But yeah, yeah, they just somehow got missed every year. But uh, <laughs> Anyways, yeah, those kinds of... Oh, and even some old Nordiques cards, but anyways. Beautiful, beautiful threads there. Uh, So you mentioned interacting with the Senator's Twitter account, and you didn't get your money. I know you're looking for 10 grand here or there, preferably USD. I mean, the players get paid in USD, so why not? Get a little exchange rate on that too. But it did pay off into an opportunity for you this past week, getting to head down... And little did you know at the time, and obviously our, our best friend of the show, Leems Martian, was there. Kevin Lee, Margaret O'Toole, sends Chirp in the flesh. Part, yes, pardon me if I'm missing anyone there, Frank, but you were front row for Tim Stutzla's introductory press conference after that $66.8 million deal. We'll get to that, but first, how did you find out that you were invited to this event? And then walk us through the day. Like, how did you arrive at the rink? What did they have set up for you? Just, I don't know anything. I want to learn. Sure. Yeah, no problem. So, um, yeah, uh, they had that contest, as as you might know, where they said, you know, nominate some people. And, you know, I was like, we'll see if people nominate me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of popular accounts on Twitter. And, yeah, sure enough, a couple days later, Sen slid into my DMs, let me know that I've been picked. Was I free? They kind of... Um, they they were saying that they kept it to people who were local to Ottawa just because, um, you know, it was a pretty short turnaround for things and so forth. So anyways, of course, I'm in Ottawa, no problem. So they set up the date, um, let us know where to park, and just, yeah, uh, 
drove up, they had, um, it's called the Checkpoint. It's like their sport tech related restaurant or something. Yep. Had never seen it before. Um, and that's probably just on me <laughs> showing up for puck drop and not really uh, <laughs> nice. lingering. But anyways, cool little spot. And um, yeah, we got there. Sends, sends a social media team, which I mean, the popular thing back in the day was, oh, it's it's Craig who does everything. And I mean, there was probably a time where that was true, but they've got a they've got a number of people who do all kinds of different things. I won't um, spoil any of their names or anything, but they've got a good team, and they all they all kind of do things um, as a committee in a sense. In, and in that way, there's more than one sense admin for those who are curious about that. Um, but yeah, they welcomed us, and uh, we got to just kind of mingle and chit chat a bit. Um, Dorian came over and you know, gave us like 20, 25 minutes of his time. Just let us ask him anything. Um, and uh, DJ Smith came over and introduced himself, um, told us, you know, some thoughts about the team, etc. cetera. Um, Anthony LeBlanc, who, um, is he CEO of the Sens, president, something like that? Yeah, president, right? President, uh, president of business operations, if I'm not gotcha. mistaken. Gotcha. Anyways, he came over. He was really nice. Um, nice. Uh, he- <laughs> Um, he said something along the lines and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, um, I've been at this job for two years and four months, which is about two years and two months yeah. longer than I should be, or I was expected to be, yeah. which I thought was kind of funny, but anyways, very nice guy. Um, uh, other than that, uh, yeah, a couple people in the executive or VP role chatted with us and, um, yeah, the idea was it came in as we would get to watch the rollout of the new kind of concessions and things like that. So you saw some things on Twitter about the um, the black, red, and gold patin they're doing, the octopus salad, which is a real thing. I know some people thought I was just doing a joke, <laughs> but it, and it's funny, which is why it was kind of a joke, but it's actually really good. Um, we got to try everything. Steak and tartare. The octopus salad will play well when the Kraken and Red Wings are in town. That I feel like that uh, yes. that works. I'm Eat glad you said octopus yeah. here. I'm glad you said Red Sorry. Wings, Pilsy, because I, I knew you were going with the Kraken with that, and I was like, yeah, way to put something on the menu for one game a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, although I guess you wouldn't want like if you're a Red Wings fan, can you buy the octopus salad and start just whipping mm. octopus onto the, onto the ice after the game? And I'm sure <laughs> that the portion size, it's like a quarter of one tentacle type thing. So yeah, there's going to be a ton of little ones. It almost looks like a bunch of worms thrown out on the ice. Um, the part of the day yeah. though, that, that really interests me. And I, obviously everyone loves a good bite to eat when you're at a sporting event. So it's great that they're revamping that. I think they definitely had some work to do over the last couple of years, except for our friends over at Golden Palace, the egg roll is always a fantastic get, even though two cut in half, it's like, where's the other 20? But uh, <laughs> that to say, um, how did you find out that Timmy, like, did he come in and everyone was kind of getting the side eye? Like, oh, what's he doing? I knew we were talking to Brinkley. Like, how did the news break to you that the contract, the richest contract in Sense history is about to be signed right in front of your face? The irony that you've been asking for money and then they just give away the biggest amount they've ever given away right yeah, in front that, of you is, is that, fantastic. That's definitely the setup. Uh, so I'll give you guys the lay of the land on this one, basically. So um, yeah, the, the main event was kind of advertised to us about as being Debrinka was going to answer some questions, which he did. Great guy. Very nice. Um, he took some questions from us, etc. What did but, you ask him? Oh, I didn't ask him anything. I didn't ask. Martian went in and was just like, 
So, you know there's pressure on you, right? <laughs> I love that. That was awesome. Yeah, no, no, he, he definitely uh, he definitely knew how to work the mic for sure. No, I, I just kind of sat back and uh, uh, let things go. But um, anyways, so uh, Dorian LeBlanc and I think DJ even, when we were talking to them, they, they kept saying, oh, don't forget to stay until the end. And we're like, yeah, we're going to stay until the end. Since we're, we're pumped to be here. We got out. invited. Like, and I was kind of like, what are they doing at the end? And then, so to bring his interviews wrapping up and then I see kind of coming down the hall, just in the corner. I'm like, Oh, that's Timmy. I'm like, Oh, that's great. I guess they're going to um, ask, let him answer some questions or whatever. We get like a twofer here. And so they sit, they sit them down and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the people who listen to this have seen the, the video, but anyways, he sits down and Dorian gets right into it, you know, asks him if he wants to sign eight, the eight year contract and crowd goes wild. It was awesome. And I mean, he was telling us after, like he just had the contract in his back pocket the whole time he was talking to us, like literally in his back pocket. Crazy. <laughs> and so he like Almost throws it down and seven million. Yeah, and they just sign it right there in front of us. So that was really cool. And they were saying even even they didn't realize it was gonna come together this quickly. Like it sort of kind of fell in from the air and they were like, Well, we have the cameras here and we have a captive audience, so why not? That's so awesome. I mean, we should have gotten the breadcrumbs early in the morning, eh, Pilsy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were we were supposed to interview Pierre Dorian at 10 a.m. And then that morning, we get to update, hey, he's not going to be ready till 10. He might be fluid ready day. around 3. It's yeah. a fluid day. <laughs> yeah, yeah fluid, fluid day. day. There, there's some moving parts going on. And and we were just like, oh, like he's a busy guy, whatever. We're If, if we get Pierre Dorian, it doesn't matter if it's at 10 or 3 p.m., not a big deal. Not having, like you mentioned, no clue that this was ready to be tabled and ink to paper uh, on this day. Incredible Amazing. that you were there for that Dude, moment. Oh my that, God. That could be looked at as one of the most like defining moments of the next decade. He's locked yeah. up for nine seasons. Yeah. That's unreal. That's unreal. I love the way they set it up. That's like yeah. a flair for Job the dramatic. Well you need that. And uh, mm-hmm. the timing was, was just so perfect. Almost four years to the day of when they acquired that pick from, from San Jose. So I thought that was uh, super well done. And um, obviously, I mean, you're already a big Sens fan, but must've been pretty cool to see kind of the inner workings of, of the behind the scenes and how the media goes about the startup. Hey. Eh? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was nothing but nothing but world-class. I was, I didn't know what to expect to be honest. I mean, um, going into it, but it was, it was a really cool experience and you bring up the media like, um, yeah, Everyone kind of also came to say hi. I got to talk to Ian Mendez and Bruce Garriott, both great guys. So um, it was nice to kind of uh, have that experience and kind of. You talked to them they, together? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, our goal, our goal sometime <laughs> throughout this season is to have them both on together, really bury the hatchet. There you go. Yeah, but uh, it'll hey. be like the um, the Melnick Boro interview. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. P- Pilsy and I'll just sit back and say, "Yeah, yeah, just shoot the breeze, fellas." Uh, <laughs> no, but man, the vibes are immaculate around this team. It's it's awesome heading they into are. this season. Of course, they've got to produce when the puck drops. Right. What's your overall expectation of this group heading into the season? Um, I have high hopes. I'm like, I'm just like willfully ignorant every year that they're gonna they're gonna do something great and i mean yep. this year there's a lot more <laughs> a lot more backing them than uh, previous years but i think it'll be great i don't really um 
you know, I, I just want to see some good hockey and I think have the, the vibes and like you said, the energy around. I mean, if I can go to a home game and just have it be fun and exciting and packed and, you know, have a good team that can perform, then that's all good. I mean, one game you see a lot of people talk about last year was um, when Florida was in town and uh, it was when Giroux had just been acquired and I was at that game as well. And it was just, it was awesome. It felt like a playoff game. It was just two teams playing really well. Um, it was packed. It was like Saturday or something. I went to OT. It was like, I just want, I go to a lot of games. I just want like 20 games like that. And I'm happy. Nice. I think they're going to do, do more. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, but I just want to, I just want to have a team that's fun and, you know, regarded well, I guess. Yeah, playing in meaningful games will be a breath of fresh air uh, for the Senators. Hopefully everyone's kind of on that track that that's the main goal is let's have this team playing in meaningful games down the stretch. Now, of all the kind of new players that are going to be integrated, uh, integrated, sorry, into this roster. So I'm talking Giroux, Dabrinkat, Talbot, and we'll throw Jake Sanderson in there as well. Which of those four players do you think will be the biggest kind of X factor for this season? Um, that's a great question. Um, I'm really interested in seeing Giroux. Like I, like I just think there's so much narrative there. No doubt that Debrinkin maybe might be the more dynamic player out of the bunch. But I mean, um, Giroux. Like if you watch any any Flyers games, at least back you know a few years ago, you would see just his the amount of kind of the presence he had on the ice in terms of leadership, in terms of uh, identity, everything that everything that the Sens kind of try and impose as part of their brand has been something that I thought he brought to Philly in many years, including some years when the team was pretty rough. And I think um, I think he's going to have no issue uh, working with Brady and kind of really emphasizing that aspect of the team. And I, th- you know, he he can still play. He's going to be awesome. You know, you see those clips of him and. Stutzla and Debrinkit at the Senseplex. And I think he's going to really have a strong year, but you know, beyond that, I think he really, um, he's going to bring in a lot of fans back who might've been less interested in sense hockey in the last couple of years. And I think he's going to um, really add to the reputation this team has in the league. So. So the initial tweet was deleted by the author and everyone's already following sleep and Baker on Twitter, Frank Senators. But our <laughs> mutual friend, Steve Sens, put out, how much do you even need to pay? How bad does Philadelphia want to free up that cap space? Frank Senators already on record saying he's excited to see Claude Giroux. But was it always that way? As once upon a time, he replied to that tweet by oh. saying, I actually like Giroux and think he'd be a great fit if the deal looked good. Just worried we'd give up too much to get him and be left holding the bag when he retires in a couple of years and whatever prospect we sent over is lighting it up. That was over a year ago, your first time tweeting about Claude Giroux. Frank, did we get him in a deal that looked good? Love the receipts here, boys. I appreciate the, <laughs> the hot seat. Uh, honestly, I stand by what I said there. Um, yep. I was probably overemphasizing the, the amount of career he has left, or sorry, the lack of amount of career he has left. But I think... My concern was if we sent over, say, Sanderson or, you know, any of our other blue chip prospects. Like Ridley, always... it just made sense. Like Ridley, the first time we had him on, said his family bleeds orange. So I was always like, oh, that's obviously the guy they're going to be asking for. 
Exactly. So that was my concern. And and that never happened, right? So firstly, the deal does look good. I think we got him on great term. Like he says, three years. He's still got definitely three years in him. Who I would love to see him play longer. So I think the term's good. I think that the value's good. And we got him for free. So I mean, um, I think it's absolutely the best case scenario for bringing in Giroud. Um, so I think... I think we're going to be very happy. Um, at least I think so. So No, that's awesome. And you did actually tweet one other thing I'll, I'll quickly bring up. Claude Giroux and DJ Smith will be photo- photographed walking into a Byward Market Club together. And a few <laughs> hours later, his trade to the Senators will be confirmed. That was a year ago, minus two days from when okay. he signed as a free agent, not giving up <laughs> anything. And another free tip from our friend at Sleep and Baker on Twitter. Quote, this is from 2018, actually. I just oh typed in God. your name and, and Giroux. A free way to amuse yourself is to say Claude Giroux with a hard X and act like it's normal. So maybe you'll have to bring that one back. Giroux. Giroux. Yeah, I'll pop that one back up to the top of the feed and uh, tell people um, to stay tuned for this episode. <laughs> well, there you go. And you just said it's his Love X it. factor. So oh, there you go. Look at that. Full circle wow. right there. Um, so I asked your X factor. Now let's finish off with if you're Pierre Dorian, are you working the phones to get that defenseman before the season? This is the last one for me, but it's a real thinker. Like when do you try to pull the trigger to bring in a top four defenseman that we know is kind of missing to complete this puzzle? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, um, when we were talking to him at this event, uh, he kind of, he kind of implied like, don't don't hold your breath for us to get this 4D before the start of the season. I think I don't know whether it's the the market doesn't look good or the ask doesn't look good. Maybe he's just sitting on it. So I mean, uh, there was a there was a discussion of um, addition by subtraction, and I mean I think there's there's something to be said there um, in terms of our D. I think I think we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, there's a lot that rides on Brandstrom kind of taking the next step, which is true. But I mean, I'm in the position that let's see how this team looks. Let's play some, let's play some preseason games. Let's kick off. And I mean, I think there's so much going for this team that uh, I don't think it's necessarily uh, going to hurt us out the gate. If we don't have this top four D maybe that's something that we look at down the line towards the trade deadline. If things are, really looking like we can uh, make a run at things. But um, as much as I'd be, I'd love to see some of the guys who have been mentioned as potential um, acquisitions. I, I mean, we're, we're sitting, we're sitting on a, a bit of a embarrassment of riches. I feel like relative to where we were last year. So I'm trying not to look too much at what the, the last remaining kind of pieces are. So. Yeah. And that's kind of been, in my mindset as well, like the market dramatically for the trade deadline, I think that's when you can decide where this team is at and other teams will decide where they're at. And there's different options and the prices of uh, acquiring players changes for better or for worse. But it gives you a better kind of snapshot of, OK, do we really need this top four D this year or can we wait? What can we do here? So I, I think I'm kind of along that same lines. Now, final question for me. Cam Talbot was brought in, so now there's a good veteran tandem of Cam Talbot, Anton Forsberg. Who do you think gets more starts uh, throughout the regular season, Frank? I think we're going Cam. I mean, okay. I, I will sing the praises of Forsberg. I think 
I think he really got us out of a lot of binds last year. And I mean, big time. Um, really proved himself after he got kind of passed around the league a bit, maybe too much. So, I mean, I'm happy to see Forsberg stay on the team for, you know, a, a good deal of time if he could continue performing. But I think ultimately the realization is we need a, a goalie who has experience being a starter, you know, in, in the true sense. And I think Cam Talbot's a great pick. I'm, I'm, I, I think, I think we improve on goaltending from last year this way. So we'll see. I mean, I would, I would hope that that's how it looks after a, a few weeks of uh, play, but yeah, I, I'm optimistic. I, I, I like Ken Talbot as a goalie, as a guy. So I think, uh, I think we're going to be happy with him. And I think, like I said, he'll probably, he'll probably start us off. But I mean, if, if he gets injured or something, I, I feel decent about Forsberg coming in and uh, taking some of the role. You can follow him on Twitter at Sleepin' Baker. He is a Ottawa Senators legend. Unfortunately, not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. We got Alfie in this year. I think it's time to get Frank Finnegan into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, last, last thing from me, and you said you mentioned that the excitement of, of all these players who are either coming in potentially or the goaltending, but we are going to get Sens Hockey this Friday. You can see the screen right now, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm just pulling up the rookie tournament lineup. Give me one player that you're looking forward to seeing this upcoming weekend at the rookie tournament in Buffalo. Oh, so there, there are so many good options here. And I'm just going to, I'll try not to waste too much time. But I mean, generally speaking, um, I, I, I agree with Lalim's Mar, Martian spirit of always pulling for Tyler Boucher. I, I don't have any disagreement there. I hope he continues to impress. I know he's coming off a little bit of an injury recovery. Pinto, same kind of deal. I, he's almost outclassed this tournament in a way. Um, but uh, like he was saying, I think earlier today, um, it, it would be good to get in some games after uh, after the surgery to just kind of get his feet wet. Uh, but my pick is going to be a little bit of a dark horse. I'm, I'm excited to see Zach Ostapchuk. Um, he's been creating a bit of a buzz, so I'm hoping that he's one of those dark horses who kind of outperforms Um so that's that's who I'm saying. I mean, I have no doubt that Sanderson's going to jump off the page and all that. But I'm I'm looking I'm looking at a staff truck. That'll be my guy. Well, once he leads the tournament scoring, you can go let Frank know just how right he was on Twitter <laughs> at Sleepin Baker. Thanks for being a Sense Central citizen and also giving us a boots on the ground report from that media availability last week. We really appreciate your time. Always a great follow on Twitter, and we look forward to doing this again down the road. Sounds good. The pleasure's mine, boys. Stick taps to Frank for joining us. Very fun conversation with him. Great guy. Love this new trend. If you've been following the behind the blog of staying anonymous now that the podcast has gone on YouTube, I think that's a good sign for getting sense chirp back on the pod. We're working on a conversation with him coming up and stay locked on senators for every single thing you need to know preseason when it comes to all things sense. I'm working this week as getting guests lined up here as we lead in to the regular season, hoping to get some returning names who you haven't heard for, from, from for a while. But if you have a favorite guest that you've heard on Locked On Senators, you want to hear them again, write in the comments on YouTube. I will read every single one and we'll make sure to get that 
Done. First on my list is Kyle Bukowskis. We got to get that dude back on the show, especially we weren't even on YouTube last time. What a waste of him doing his hair. Honestly, yeah. It's like he was made for TV and YouTube, so we're definitely getting Kyle back on. Yeah, yeah. But let us know if there's anyone else, and and we'll make that happen for you leading in to the NHL season. Pelzi, we're going to have to wait a little longer to see Ridley Gregg, though. In an interview yesterday with LeDouat, Mark Broussard tweeting out that – I, th- I think it was uh, Sean Donovan said, you know what? He's on the roster, but there's a very good chance he doesn't play. Still recovering from that shoulder injury. Better safe than sorry, you think? I mean, Otto's got a lot of guys in that boat. We talked about it on yesterday's Locked On Senators where it's like Pinto, Sanderson, Crookshank. Like, these guys are all coming back from long-term injuries. If Greg's not 100%, we, we have Philip Dow as the fourth-line center. Like, I, it, it's all right to push him up a little bit and when the competition is as uh, weak as uh, other teams rookie camp <laughs> rosters so uh, but in all seriousness yeah like why why would you mess around if Ridley's uh, shoulder still isn't doing well and it, it feels like the world juniors was so long ago but really it was just a couple weeks ago so that shoulder is going to need a little bit more time and the way Ridley Greg likes to play uh, hockey out there you don't want to have him with uh, a bum shoulder because uh, he just cannot help himself uh, laying the body around out there. So let's not re-injure anything. So I- I'm okay with that decision. 100%. So as we said, tomorrow's episode, we're going to get in to the rookie tournament, who to watch for, all that. So stay locked on, Senators. Pilsy, you had a little note on the Atlanta Gladiators, our former friends, and now what? They're trying to be us? This is, this is so hilarious that this is happening now so the Atlantic Gladiators were the Ottawa Senators ECHL affiliate last season they only did a one-year deal which I think is crazy to just have such short-term contracts but obviously they had their designing team in the works that season and they were trying to come up with uh, New Jersey concepts because if you're watching on YouTube take a look at these Jersey designs from our good friend Sensual Healing Graham they look oddly similar to the Belleville Senators jerseys, and it really seems like they had this all lined up thinking they were going to get renewed another season, but uh, that's not the case as now the Allen Americans are the Ottawa Senators ECHL affiliate. I, I forget where Atlanta ended up going, but that's a... Oh, Arizona. Arizona. Because, okay. Because their stadium's bigger <laughs> than where the Coyotes are Yeah, playing. good call. That's, that's good that we remembered some sort of relevant stat about the Arizona Coyotes on this show. Um, but that is too bad because it would be kind of cool to have like them wearing the A in this jersey and then Belleville with the B. You got A and B there. So it's not going to happen, though. Well, well, look, it's not even new either. And Pilsy, nice producing. Thank look you. at you go Looking there. Over here. Um, well... To reply to that tweet, Sens Prospects put out that when Evansville was the Sens ECHL team, they had the exact yep. same jersey as Atlanta. So there's definitely a tie that in e there. looks photoshopped. Like that, that's not meant to be there. Are you calling Sens Prospects a lot? No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying the the E with the stripes there doesn't do it for me. The A and the B and the O. <laughs> Great stuff, but not that easy. Big vowel guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. He's a vowel, too. Yeah, All right. That'll do it for today's show. <laughs> Any final notes? No, I, I think that's it. Uh, or I guess one final note, uh, again, from our, Sens, uh, our, our friend at Sens Prospect. Levy Marilinen is the mm. backup goalie over in Carpat. Uh, it looks like Joel Blomqvist has won that job. That's kind of what we are a little nervous about with him going back. Yeah. Eh? Like, 
I would much rather have Marilinen as the starter in Kingston again rather than being a backup in Liga. Like he already has Liga uh, experience, uh, a small amount of it, but you gotta you gotta be playing games. So that's an interesting story we're gonna follow along here. Yeah, very weird development curve being so unbeatable after his draft year, albeit in a junior league yeah. in Finland. But the numbers just popped, and we'll see. He's got uh, he's got some work cut out for him this season. Last prospect note as well, thanks to our friend at Sense Prospects, easiest follow ever right. on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Um, Phil yeah. Nordberg has been called like up that. to the All Svenskin. Two points in his first three games, beast out there. So looking forward to following his journey towards an NHL roster spot. All right, let's wrap it up for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Three shows in a row means hockey season is coming soon to a theater near you. And by theater, I mean arena. And by that, I mean head to Send Central on Twitter and get your tickets for the home opener. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.